Welcome to Feminists Without Mystique, a podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting firehose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week we begin by venting about the news, we'll go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we'll end with something hopeful. And just a reminder, if you're enjoying us, to rate, review, subscribe, recommend us. It really helps other people find us. And we always welcome feedback or communication on our via our social media, FWM Podcast on Twitter and Facebook, and Feminists Without Mystique on Instagram. We're also feministswithoutmystique at gmail.com. And you can support us on Ko-fi. Um, and we love positive reviews, um, especially one that was fun was from uh, Thursday Thunderdome. Um, it was a five-star review that, and they said, funny, smart, eye-opening. What a stellar podcast. These two are excellent. Getting the perspective from these two women is excellent. The show is not only smart, topical, and powerful, but at the same time, they keep it funny. This is something where you can get very serious topics, things that are affecting women everywhere, and learn, but still laugh at the same time. I highly recommend this podcast to learn more, have a great time, and enjoy two great podcasters. Thanks, Thursday Thunderdome. Thanks, Thursday Thunderdome. <laughs> <laughs> um, and speaking of communication um, with listeners, I just wanted to address um, an email that we got. Um, and uh, the subject is Stop Keto. Um, and they said, Don't promote keto. Uh, listen to the episode where you talk about your keto diet at the end, and you should not be doing that. A couple of exclamation points. Choose your diet, but you should not encourage that or act like it is healthy for people because people are doing it without doctor's approval and it is dangerous. Losing weight does not always mean healthy. Okay. Well, thank you for listening. (laughs) I appreciate the feedback. Um, I don't remember when um, I was talking about the keto diet. I know that I've mentioned it a couple of times, like, when we talk about different things, body image and weight loss and health, you know, it just comes up because it's weaved into all of our lives. Um, and I agree, weight loss does not always mean healthy. And there are lots of people for whom a keto or a low carb diet wouldn't work. Um, for me, it has worked. And I did it um, in consultation with my primary care provider. I talked to a nutritionist. I talked to a naturopath even. Um, but really the important thing is that I'm, I've done it in, in, um, in conjunction with, and in consultation with the primary care provider. Um, and I really do care about long-term health, um, especially with the pandemic. I, I, I think health has become something that health and, and the hypochondria, uh, I think that I've developed around health, uh, which kind of sucks has become something that I've, that is really important to me. So I am, constantly Googling different recipes and things and, and, and ingredients and things that are healthy or, or what, what are like, what's behind some of the ingredients that I like. And I, I just, it's become kind of an affinity that I'm interested in. And, and the low carb lifestyle has really worked for me and it's led me to a place where I think at this point, I, and I've never felt like this in my life. I feel like I can intuitively eat. Um, in a way that's just a lot better for me um, as someone who had a, who found out like in 2016 that I had a gluten. Um, I believe my doctor said it was a borderline intolerance, a borderline gluten intolerance or something along those lines. It included like borderline gluten 
either intolerance or, in, or sensitivity. And so the joke for the next like four or five years that I told people was like, yep. And I borderline pay attention to it. And it's like, ha ha Maria, <laughs> like your, your body, I mean, you're not getting the last laugh out of this. Um, and you know, I've just always kind of struggled with portion control and they're different. It doesn't, but I don't say any of this to be like, to, to trigger anyone. I, I really, I'm only saying it because it's, I don't think everyone should try keto. I think there are certain ways in which keto, the, the biggest criticisms from, from keto to my understanding, and Erin, you can also jump in if you, you know, I know you've like know a fair amount about diet and, you know, health and yeah. wellness. Um, it can be tough on your kidney, your kidneys. If you are consuming too much protein, um, you're at risk for kidney stones specifically and, other sort of kidney related, um, ailments. So you, you have to watch out for that. Um, I sort of check to make sure my cholesterol, my less desirable LDL cholesterol is like in an okay place, which it, it has been. Um, and your heart, you know, if you're having too much fat, um, without balancing it, you know, should be careful for that. Um, because keto is comprised of, um, very low carb, but you can have a fair amount of fat and like, just, it's something to watch out for. It's like, you have to attain some kind of balance, um, with your like macronutrition nutritions. But the biggest thing that I think seems like from a lot of the doctors who don't like the diet, um, the criticism is that it's not sustainable, which is totally fair. I think a lot of diets aren't sustainable. Um, and you should, it's, it's a very personal choice, whether or not you want to diet, what you want to do, how you want, like, and if you even want to, or if you just are fucking cool with the way that you are, which by the way, I, I wish I was, you know, I celebrate everyone who is, and I, I think that that's great. And if you are just continue to live your life and ignore the people who are doing, um, choosing other ways to, lose weight or to, to live their lives. But I, I, I think that, I think that the reason that this has been so that I get a little bit defensive when I read about this or when people kind of shit on keto or low carb is like, just from my personal experience. And this is just one person I've now been doing low carb, not necessarily fully keto, but low carb for a year and a half. And it's been really, it has been sustainable and meaningful to me. I feel a lot healthier. I feel like I have more energy and I've lost like almost 50 pounds um, and kept it off. And that to me is, that to me is, is good. Um, I'm happy about it. I, I'm eating fruits and vegetables, like a, a fair amount of them. I don't feel like I'm depriving myself. I get to have wine and cheese and, um, you know, occasionally higher carb fruits. Woo. Um, but also be, I get to bake. I, I've gotten a lot better at baking and cooking. So it just... <laughs> I think that there's a lot of people too, um, from liberals, like on the liberal side that are harnessing, taking a lot of energy that we can't put into criticizing, uh, celebrities or criticizing, you know, like we're, we're in a moment where it feels like it's socially acceptable to comment on what other people are doing diet wise and health wise, um, health and fitness wise. And, um, there's a negative backlash, I think, against a lot of people who are just trying to become healthier. And 
maybe if we could just be a little, give a little bit more grace to the people who are trying to be healthier, there's a lot of information on the internet. And I wish it was clearer. It is not clear. Like if there was just, if there's a one size fits all diet solution or like health solution, there just isn't one, you know, people will say calories in calories out or like diet and extra portions and exercise, you know, but like whatever, just human psychology doesn't necessarily work that way. So people are just trying to do what works for them. Um, I respect people who think that who, you know, keto is something to be careful of. Um, it, you should do it in conjunction with a doctor. That's all I can say, I guess. Um, so, I mean, that's obviously not all I can say. I just ranted about it for like, for like nine minutes. Um, but no, I appreciate the comment and the, um, and I do, I guess I, I did want to just speak to that because if I do talk about it at some point, it's, it's really purely as with everything that we talk about on this podcast, it's just our experiences and our, like, this is now like a part of my lived experiences that I've been doing low carb for a year and a half. And so all I can speak to is, is that it has been working for me. Maybe it won't at some point, maybe I will go right off the rail soon and get it all back. And then I'll be like, full keto and you were right. But for, for right now, after a year and a half where I'm sitting, um, it's just something that works for me. You do you. Let's all just be grace, give each other grace, especially on something as fraught as diet and body, like just live and let live. Yeah, exactly. I think you hit the nail on the head. Just consult with your primary care provider because with any, I mean, with literally any diet, even if your diet is eating any if you're open to all foods, there are still things that can go awry if you don't get certain things or you eat too much of certain things. So it's like you said, with you know, if you have too much animal fat in your diet, it can stress your kidneys. If um, with keto, you want to make sure you're getting enough fiber. So like hay seeds, hay flax seeds, hay leafy <laughs> greens, like do that shit, you know, um, and making sure you're getting enough of certain nutrients. But like with any, again, with any diet, no matter what it is, there are things you could have too much of or not enough of. So you can get everything you need with keto. You just need to be conscious of it as with any other diet and reach out, you know, to your doctor and don't just eat like salami all day, you know? Yeah. That's the, yeah. that's my official recommendation. The official, official recommendation. Don't eat salami all day. Have an avocado here and there, you know? Oh man. Oh, I love a good avocado. Mm-hmm. Oh. Just yes. Have yes, some yes, nuts, yes. you know? Have some nuts. Just some a diverse. Flax seeds, you know? Just flax seeds, yeah. Just make sure you get that five fiber. You know, you're going to be shitting bricks. <laughs> chia, 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 chia seeds. Chia, chia. That's our official stance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, feel free to, I mean, also if you're listening, the person who wrote in, um, you know, I hope that this was helpful Maybe they'll change their email address. (laughs) I'm not going to put that email on blast, but it was, it was amusing. I wonder if they have, I wonder if it's actually their email or they just like put an email that was like anti-keto, but it's not actually their email. It's probably someone's. I'm desperately curious if it's like someone who's a regular listener, if it's someone who's combing the like audio waves to hear, like for, you know, hearing anything about vigilante justice against anyone who's practicing (laughs) a keto diet. Um, Yeah. I mean, eat whatever you want, live in your bodies, however you want to. It's great to consult with um, nutritionists or primary care providers um, to make sure you're getting what you need, but 
live your life. Yeah, what just whatever works for you. Truly, truly. And if you don't care, like I'm jealous. That's great. I, you know, so just do what do what you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of do what you want to do, I was millionaires. Say, they, they go into space. <laughs> They're really taking our advice and going way too far with it. <laughs> They're going very far with it. Um yeah, uh, there's been there's been talk of Bez, uh, Jeff Bezos going to space, um, and then on Sunday Richard Branson kind of went to space, took a little trip, <laughs> took a little trippy dippy. Um, and Elon Musk is also planning to go into orbit later this year, um, but yeah, Richard Branson, who's you know with Virgin Galactic, mm-hmm. went up in his not really not technically a rocket ship it was funny because when <laughs> he announced that he was going blue origin which is jeff bezos's uh right. space company <laughs> um released this thing of like the differences between like their trip to space and richard branson's and it was kind of shady as fuck it was so shady it was like we're using a real <laughs> rocket ship they're like using basically like a fucking plane and we're going past i'm forgetting the name of the line it's like okay. carmon line yeah or the carmon line and they're not going past the line so it was basically just like He's not really going to space, y'all. We're really going to space. But then Jeff Bezos like posted like a good luck, buddy, kind of, kind of post. But I, I read the shade from that fucking mm. Blue Origin post that was like, he's not even using a real rocket ship. <laughs> like y'all, oh my, pissing contest. Also, like, did, like the windows, they were like, we yeah, have the, bigger windows. Yeah, they have like, airplane size windows. <laughs> like just really driving the point home that like it's basically a plane. It's yeah. not even a real rocket ship. Um, and just a very, very brief, cause I was like, all right, what are all these men's doing with their space plans? <laughs> cause like, uh, it's like the briefest of, um, explanation of like the differences and like their little companies. It's like got Richard Branson with Virgin, uh, Atlantic Galactic mm-hmm. was Atlantic and Virgin America was my favorite airline to fly. I remember that. I, remember I was a big that. fan. They had good cheese plates. They had like purple mood lighting. It was always mm-hmm. one of the more affordable ones for my LAX to JFK travels. Um, I was really bummed when it stopped being what it was. It was the yeah. only airline I've ever had like any kind of allegiance to. And I'm just like, ugh, not not this one. Oh, JetBlue, you really going to charge me that? Like, ugh. ugh anyway, JetBlue. that's unrelated. It's just how I feel. Okay. Um, <laughs> but their Virgin Galactic is it's focused on like tourism rather than actually launching things into space. Mm-hmm. Like basically what Richard Ranson did, which was like float about um, <laughs> for a minute. Like just at the just at the tip, it <laughs> just, really was just floated about. Which is like, yeah, if I were on, I mean, I wouldn't have been on that no. for like a billion fucking different reasons. <laughs> um, which is not a joke about a billion dollars I don't have. That would have been funny too. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't have been on that, but if I had, yeah, I would have been like, yeah, I've been to space because like it's close enough, whatever. And some people, yeah. you get. He went to the point where like you get your astronaut wings or whatever the fuck, like. The American mm-hmm. definition of space, I guess it was reached, but other people go by this other whatever. <laughs> I don't care. And so its plan is to uh, accept passengers in 2021. Um, and now it's pushed the, that to next to next year. They've sold uh, 600 tickets for 200 to $250,000 a piece. Mm-hmm. Um, so Virgin uh, Galactic is really about like, space trips, like tourism, <laughs> like kind of like amusement park rides, but for rich people and making space you know it's more affordable 
you've got a quarter of a million dollars to just bang it around, <laughs> just bang around to, and we'll get into like a bit of the environmental impacts later. Yeah. Um, and then we've got Jeff Bezos with blue origin. Um, <laughs> He's all and all three of these boys have been like into space for a while, you know. It's like ah, oh, space, which is like space is cool. We'll get into that too. Science is yeah, important, right? We're here for science. Um, but he's he's also like there's also the idea of space tourism. Um, but they're down to actually also put potentially house people. Um, once Earth runs out of resources, with like floating <laughs> space stations at some point. That's a thought, a thought um, that they have. So it's like at least there's an ounce of like maybe helping people down the line. But who will be helped? Who will be able to afford to go to these floating space stations, Jeff? Um, right. Will it be everybody or will it be, you know, the highest bidder? I don't know. Then we have Elon Musk and SpaceX. Um, and he thinks that basically the future of humans depends upon whether or not we can settle on Mars. So he's like, we got to settle on Mars. We got to colonize Mars. Mm. Um, he said that he wants to establish a city of a million people on Mars by 2050. Oh um, so again, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you're, you have environmental concerns that are tied up in this. Um, and they also want to have a broadband internet service um, consisting of thousands of satellites called Starlink. Hmm. Um, which wants to deliver high-speed internet to remote and rural areas. Um, and Trump is claiming, uh, oh my God, there's, I have to find the funniest quote where he was basically just like, yeah, rich guys are really into space. I don't want to go to space, but rich guys love space. What can I say? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it is. All right. I guess I agree with you, Donald. Now go back into your little Mar-a-Lago hole. I know. Um, but he was basically taking credit because of Space Force. Oh my god! Um, and because he was like, "Yeah, we need to make space travel and space exploration a private sector thing." Um, so those are just kind of the three the three main dudes of of uh, of space travel. And I think it was J yeah Jeff Bezos who, like, one thing he's he's doing that I'm like, I know you're only doing this for for appearances, but like, cool, fine. Like, mm -hmm. one of the passengers is going to be a woman. Um, who wasn't allowed to go to space basically because she was a woman. She's an astronaut, worked for NASA or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's like, yes, if you must go to space. Right. If you, you must, must. If you must go and bring, you know, your bro. Like, it's, I'm happy for this woman that she gets to go to space. Yeah. Um, cool, Jeff. <laughs> cool. Cool, Jeff. Um, but yeah, those are the, the three the big the big space companies and the big mm -hmm. space boys um so it's there there are there's a mix of of reasons and uh, motivations and ideas there um but all these boys really want to go to space they really want to go to space and you know what they're picking a really uh shitty time for the rest of the interesting world time. Mm -hmm. interesting time interesting time so it feels like they just uh you know they're it just casts into sharp relief uh, how out of touch they are. Like for them to, especially like the petty shit of like Jeff Bezos announcing he was going to go in Blue Origin like on July 20th. And then Richard Branson was like, I'm going to go on the 11th. Like, <laughs> fuck you. Um, so petty. And then their little, yeah, like their little 
um, social media clapbacks at each other. Um, but yeah, it's a particularly, it, it was kind of funny because it does feel like most of the press that I was reading has been appropriately disgusted <laughs> with this display of grotesque wealth. And like, I think a, there are a couple of reasons, but if you're trying to take what they're doing as like having any sort of scientific merit, they're doing things that NASA did 60 years ago. Um, so it doesn't look particularly good when they're sort of like, well, it's private enterprise now, you know, it's kind of like, okay, but you're really just doing this because you can, because you have incredible amounts of wealth to burn. I think like Bezos took what, like $1 billion of equity out of Amazon so that he could sort of play around with this. Um, and because the climate, because we're facing an existential crisis with the climate, we're facing a once in a generation pandemic. It's just like, we're all feeling very vulnerable. Not like the roads and bridges are just like falling over and collapsing. And the ocean was on fire last week. Um, space on the boys. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, space boys, space boys. Go into space, space boys. And they're not doing any. I do have to say, too, I was sort of I, I'm never interested in this until like one minute before it's about to happen. And then I just am like, okay, got to be on Twitter to watch like Richard Branson take off. And it was so anticlimactic. It was like, oh, I'm watching a plane take off. And then I guess I'll see you in 45 minutes when you for two minutes are outside of the like gravity, you're in suborbital space. I mean, it was kind of funny because Neil deGrasse Tyson was like, this is so silly and they're not doing anything like what was the the one person, I think her name was Sharisha. Um, she had like a plan. <laughs> this just, someone write in or call in and let, let me know what the, I don't want to be dismissive of this, but it was like, she, the one of the um, engineers aboard the Virgin Galactic, um, she said she's activating a NASA supported plant experiment um, that is supposed to be, um, the quote, first look at human tended payloads on spaceship two. I was just sort of like, what the hell does that mean? And okay, what kind of data collection are you actually going to get from being up there for like two seconds? It like, you don't have to give us this like gesture at science, like this plant that's going up there for two seconds, because it also apparently like university of Florida has already sort of flown, it says like University of Florida has flown similar experiments on suborbital flights in the past. Um, so not even that's new. So I'm just like, yeah, what's, what's, what's happening? Yeah. Richard's trip. We're not, we're not breaking any ground here. Mm -hmm. It's, um, and Richard Branson is worth around $8 billion. Um, throughout the pandemic, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk have been swapping places as the world's richest person. Mm -hmm. um, right now, Bezos is valued at about $211 billion, which is an all-time record. Um, it's so hard to conceptualize. And, 
Yeah, and the point that's like been made, and I think we should continue to make, is that if these if these three space boys, um, which is all I will refer to them as for the rest of the time, uh, if they put their money together, it's like they could solve so many world like global problems, mm-hmm. um, and they'd still be richer than like pretty much anyone on Earth. It's yeah. just like I'm down for, you know, because theoretically. Um, it's like, yes, they're going, they're making, they're going to make space travel cheaper. It's still right. quite expensive to, to frolic up to space. I'd call um, it, I'd go so far as to say prohibitive for most I'd say pro- it's not in my Americans. budget, certainly. <laughs> I get, and I'm not someone who, I think space is fascinating. I'm also very risk averse and I'm just like, mm, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to. No. <laughs> I don't want to do it. Never. Um, cool for people who are like really into space. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, these also these men have not, you know, necessarily applied the the right amount of generosity to the people who have helped them secure their positions as like the richest dudes, the richest space boys that ever spaced. <laughs> um, you know, it's like each of them have done some sort of charitable contribution, but mm-hmm. the amount of money that wealth that they have, the amount of issues major potentially world ending issues that are that are happening and they're off being space boys and like the there is quite an environmental cost to space travel so Mm -hmm. it's like you're talking about needing to colonize mars and you are expediting the process of us needing to colonize mars with your fucking space boy shit Mm -hmm. um the so Virgin Galactic said that the carbon footprint for passengers on its space flight is comparable to that of a business class ticket on a transatlantic flight, um, but the the numbers were crunched and that's not true because space flights are longer, they carry fewer passengers, um, and they say that they're going to offset emissions, but it's still, regardless, it's a huge environmental price to pay for rich people to just be like floating about for a few minutes taking self like it's just gonna be like a selfie vibe and inst- i mean lance bass he's gonna i'm i'm kind of personally excited for lance bass to go to space if anyone will because he he came to my like high school and spoke to my class about space travel and he was all jazz he spent his life like being really into space too Aww. Um, and he thought he was gonna get to go and then it's like like the one that he was going to go on. It's like they canceled putting people on it and ended up exploding, I guess. Apparently I mean, that was Lady Gaga was going to be on that one yeah, too. Whoa. Yeah. So I'm glad they didn't go on it because Jesus. But, um, you know, it's like there are certain rich, rich space boys where I'm like, fine. Like if you must. Mm-hmm. Like poor Lance. Poor Lance. Poor Lance. Um, in but sink I, in space. <laughs> yeah, bye, bye, bye. Um, I, but I digress. I mean, really rationally, it's like, no, Lance, stay home. Right. Um, and then Blue Origin says that its environmental impact is going to be low because of its liquid hydrogen, liquid oxygen engines and that they don't emit carbon. But the production of hydrogen fuels depends on fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. Um, and the steam reformation process um, that creates them releases carbon dioxide. So there are a lot of questions, <laughs> you know, it's like they say mm-hmm. things about how it's going to be environmentally like it'll be fine, but there are actually, it seems to be massive costs environmentally to space travel. Yeah. And we're not really in a position to be um, adding to the environmental burden uh, on this 
earth that's literally on fire all of the time right now, it seems, with droughts and record-breaking breaking heats and yeah. fires in the ocean, as you mentioned, and just really apocalyptic-seeming uh, apocalyptic, uh, shit. Um, it doesn't really seem like the best time for space boys to be space in uh, when, you know, yes, I am super into the evolution of science and putting resources towards science, mm-hmm. which includes, you know, space things. And there are, you know, potentials for um, improving the lives of people with these things like, you know, at access to broadband internet, which, you know, internet has become kind of like kind of a, a need for human beings. Um, yeah. Like there are certainly things to be gained by, by the scientific study of space and space travel and all of the space things. But like these space boys can't be out here acting like they're space boying around for like anything other than like they're rich guys who are like, well, I'm bored of my super yacht. So yeah. it's time to go to space. Like it's tone deaf right now. Um, they could be like if, if Jeff Bezos, if they decided like, okay, we really want to be space boys, but you know what else we're going to do is like solve world hunger. Mm-hmm. How's all the homeless in the United States? Um, you know, like if they're going to make some, some big commitments, um, then like fine, go on your little space romp, but it's just like, you have so much fucking wealth mm-hmm. and you are, yeah. The thing that just gets me is like the idea of like colonizing Mars while doing something that speeds up the need to do something wild like colonize Mars yeah with these just the environmental costs um just seems a little because it's like who's gonna be able to afford to go to this Mars oh you know, I, yeah people like you who are <laughs> expediting the the destruction of the earth um and the people there are plenty of people here who won't be we you know i I don't know if i'm gonna be able to afford that flight to fucking to the mars colonies like can we just can y'all work on fixing this planet right please um with the massive amounts of wealth you have instead of just like space boying around i just mm. right i mean another sort of dark thought about when they say like colonizing mars or like work you know having things on the moon or whatever is like it almost seems like Okay, if Jeff Bezos is thinking he's going to like have an Amazon fulfillment center at like on the fucking moon and can have humans there, it's like it also feels like a weird dark situation where maybe he it appeals to people on earth who are like the least fortunate and it's like Jeff Bezos will like work you to death on the moon if you actually if you want to go be in space and then you know there's this whole other like exploitation that's happening with like he just like gets a bunch of lower income people to work on the moon for like no money but they get to say that you know I just it like feels really dark regardless of if the richest people are like shooting themselves off into space or if they're like trying to come up with biz- sustainable business models that allow them to have shit going on intergalactically. It's just like, I don't, yeah, it, it, it's, it's so, um, I, I, let's put it this way too. They're not doing a good job of marketing this as something that is for the improvement of all humanity. They really aren't. If this is their best effort being like, I'm, do flying my, you know, this is, I'm pursuing my dreams and this is going to be opening up 
space travel for all, like so accessible space tourism. It's like that is actually the last fucking thing anyone needs, including rich people who already rule the roost in this world. So, you know, why don't you focus on getting methane gas, like absorb, like figure out some way to like absorb the cow farts in the middle of Iowa so that all that methane gas is not going into the ozone layer. Like Mm -hmm. if you guys can send people to Mars, maybe have your own company called Infrastructure Week because it's like, haha, a joke. And then you fix all the roads and bridges and you have Mm -hmm. fund a civilian conservation corps from like this, like how we had in around World War II. Um, Maybe figure out a way to more sustainably, like, I mean, I mean, there are so many ways you could, you could do your own Jeff Bezos, universal basic income. And, you know, it, all the while it would probably be placating like the masses, you know, and Mm -hmm. people might even trend even more conservative because there's, there's some private enterprise that's like paying them some sort of basic living wage or something. I mean, it is pretty devastating and enraging um, when I do think about how much money Jeff Bezos has made and specifically the amount that he's made profiting in the pandemic. I mean, Mm -hmm. my boyfriend has said a couple of times, well, he doesn't have all that wealth. It's like tied up in stocks. He couldn't just like take out all that money. So even with that, even with that understanding that there's like a massive amount in stocks, he took a billion out in stocks and equity, um, for this space program. So take another billion out and, you know, why don't you take after your ex-wife who's rapidly giving away with no strings attached her Mm -hmm. wealth. She's not a space girl. She's not a space girl. She's not a space girl. Um, you don't see Mackenzie pulling this shit. (laughs) Yeah. It's like in the Amazon warehouse conditions have been so shitty. It's like, there are plenty of like, no, Jeff Bezos can afford to um, can afford to be doing some of these things. It would cost him so little. It's so little. Yeah, so it little amounts of his relative wealth. Yeah, I, it may. It does. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I'm not not going to be able to find the quote that was so on point about this, but it was sort of like, what does it say about? Um, you know, they're also not doing a good job of even really showing that private enterprise is like uh, so impressive because what they're doing is something that like the government of the United States did 60 years ago. So it's sort of, um, let's see. Oh yeah. Okay. So Anand Gerundis, um, he said the billionaire class is going to space decades after government did it first using surplus surplus resources that should have gone to finance the government, but didn't. And then using that dubious achievement as proof that they are more efficient than government. So it's like, it is, there's just this whole like circular thing going on and it, in a way it's almost good that they are doing this billionaire dick measuring space race right now because the contrast is so abhorrent it's so clear and obvious mm-hmm. and the amount they can't even present a compelling like a compelling argument really for why they're doing what they're doing it's just for rich people it's just to further their own wealth it's just for ultimately selfish capitalist 
purposes, the rich get richer and they also get to float around in space for five minutes. Like, like the inefficiencies and the, the, uh, the wealth, uh, is the point. It's like, it's extravagant. The extravagance is the point. Um, I don't know. I didn't see even in, on like space.com and there was like, and Forbes and fortune magazine. I mean, places where I thought you would even Bloomberg, I, I thought that I would see more um, sympathetic and it's not like they were really ripping any of them like mm-hmm. a new asshole, but just in the way that you're the way that the articles are written, it was like everyone's sort of not on board collectively for indulging these space fantasies at this moment when they're not um, really focusing on what's going on on earth. (laughs) Yeah. There's this thing that came out in uh, October of 2020, um, like global catastrophes that Jeff Bezos could fix and still be the richest man in the world, like still do space boy shit. Mm. Um, And it's a list of 10 things. One is pay inequality, world hunger, extreme poverty, access to clean water, um, education access, um, child health, uh, clean oceans, vaccines. And this was before the coronavirus vaccine came out, um, but basically could vaccinate the world mm. for all of the things. Wow. Um, homelessness and uh, major climate action. So, uh, you know, these are all these are all things that Jeff Bezos alone, not even Richard Brandbrand and Elon Musk could fix or make a serious dent in and still be like the richest dude in the world, still be a space boy. Mm-hmm. And so it just begs the question, like, why not? Like, I can't imagine having, I mean, one, to get to that much wealth, you need to be okay with fucking people over. Right. Um, and it's like, yes, he's done like philanthropic things here and there, mm-hmm. but like major, and it's like, if you're even like just to toot his own horn or like to stroke his ego, like do one of these things. Right. You know, it's like people would love it. People would gush if it's like, oh my gosh, Jeffy, you solved world hunger. Like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, space boy. Like, we love you, space boy. Ugh. Um, I just don't understand, like, why not? Especially now when there are so many <laughs> immediate crises. Yeah. Like, why not? Like, fucking people would love it. Like it would be great for your ego. Mm-hmm. You have more than enough money right. to, you know, to, to do this shit and still have plenty of money left over. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you can still be a space boy, you know, no one's taking space boy away from you. <laughs> Cause there are people who are like, he w- earned this money. He deserves to be a space boy. Mm-hmm. It's like You can still be a space boy. You just can also I don't know, end homelessness, like, good Lord, like make a real impact on the climate crisis. If these three space boys got together, oh my goodness. It would be, oh man. Can you imagine if I, I, if the three richest, like billionaire entrepreneurs or whatever were women, I just feel like we would, this would not be happening. I mean, I'm sure there would be other egregious things happening and they would be doing something that would be embarrassing for humanity. Um, I just don't think it would be a space race. 
to do something that's already been done, completely no. already been done. Yeah. No, I'm going to go to space first. Ha, huh, look what I did. I'm, I I moved up my space flight. Ha ha. Oh, I'm going to start this little meme out to make fun of you, though, for it. Yeah, space race, space flight. Man, I just, and there would be just, I think there would just be more, um, more communication and more good things going on if it was billionaire women, but yeah. LMAO. We're, we're out here. I mean, I tweeted this, like women are just like, we just want our reproductive, like access to make our own reproductive health decisions. And then Branson and Bezos are like, we're going to space. Yeah. <laughs> Texas is like, <laughs> here's what we're going to do. Yeah. It's a whole, it's a whole mess and a half. Oh, man. It's a whole mess and a half, but enjoy it, Space Boys. Uh, can't wait to see what Space Boy shit you get up to next. Yeah. And if you're listening and you feel like we really missed what the, uh, the like some scientific merit that write in, let us know because I did try to um, <laughs> counter my deep disgust of this whole situation um with like okay what is space.com saying or mm-hmm. you know or like what are other sort of sectors of the interwebs tech boy gadget gizmodo people who are like eating this shit up um the doge universe like what are they saying um, and I just couldn't quite, I don't, it's not, it's not clear to me. So clear. yeah, it's, <laughs> there are potentials for things. Um, but you can still do work on your space boy shit. Like we said, like we said, and we're not, no one's taking it away. No one's taking though. away your space boy shit. <laughs> no one. It's just frustrating that you're being <laughs> such space boys about it. And you're not like even just throw us a bone you know yeah like you can still fly in the rocket ship yay <laughs> <laughs> just like a picture of a little boy in like his rocket ship pajamas yeah i mean but, I, and space I, is cool like i think space cool. is cool like no. i'm i'm down for the spirit of the space boy but like yeah the practice of the space boy is have i said space boy more times space in my life boy no but um yeah, it's like I'm I'm all here for like wonderment and curiosity and space, but mm-hmm. like come on, the earth's burning. Yeah. Help this, please. Now, like put <laughs> take a billion out of your stocks and figure this one out too while you're at it, you know. Right. Like, Cuz it's just so clearly about space boy ego. Mm-hmm. Um and please please help other things cuz you've really fucked over some some people to get here so like pay back the world you've got a lot of you got more than you know how to do it like what to do with so just yeah can we can we figure this out thank you space boys thank you thank you rocket man (laughs) rocket man great great well (laughs) (laughs) and now for we see you Okay, so this one was pretty blatantly egregious, but you know we're we're post racial and cops are all good people. Just a few bad apples, right? Mm. Um, so uh, a police chief by the name of Anthony Campo, yes, a police chief. Um, there was a video released. He has he's in his office. He has a piece of paper in his hand. You can see him walking toward a desk. He picks up a jacket off the desk 
puts it back on the desk and then he goes into another area. Um, he puts the jacket having its hood up. So it kind of looks like a KKK hood and there's a piece of paper put on top of it. Mm. Um, about 30 seconds later and a police officer who is black walks in to see the jacket and the sign on his desk that Campo had left there. Um, police chief Campo. He put a, he wrote like KKK on the piece of paper on the made hood um, on the black officer's desk. This was the police chief, the white police chief on a black police officer's desk writing like KKK and making of the fashion of a, of a hood. Um, and the mayor, the Sheffield Lake mayor said that police chief Anthony Campo resigned after the incident. Um, this was in around Cleveland, uh, but Anthony Campo, so this is the fucking racist officer who decides it's a great idea, a police chief, position of power within power, mm. doing this shit. He said he wasn't fired, but that he retired um, and that the whole incident was overblown. And they Ugh. had respect for the officer that he did this to. What? So, like, was it just, like, a, supposed to be a joke? All very unclear. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you have a police chief um treating his you know treating a black police officer this way hmm i wonder how he like treated black civilians i wonder Mm -hmm. what kind of uh punishments were happening in that department when racist racist acts were happening wonder 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 Wonder. i wonder if there might have been a whole toxic culture within that police department and within other police departments in this country i wonder it's just such a, I mean, it, nothing can be surprising at this point, but it's just so like, why? Yeah. Just so, just like a really blatant, stupid thing to do. Um, and what like, bl- like how, how cocky you must be to just be like, I can just do this and nothing will happen. Right. Like what else has he done in his career? What things has he looked past or can, you know, or been fine with? It's just another reminder, as if we need another reminder, mm-hmm. that the police, the system that we have is broken. We are not, we don't have the right people in these roles. If anything, we have a few good apples. You know, we don't have a few bad apples. We have a fucking broken system. Yeah. That incentivizes racism. And uh, we need to uh, do better and uh, completely restructure the entire thing. Right. And, you know, this person was at the point in his career where he could retire, too. He wasn't even fired, you know. And so he had a long and healthy career with the police department over there. Made it to chief, you know. Wow. And people act like, oh, a few bad. if there were a few bad apples, he wouldn't have made it that far in his career and been so empowered to do this. Um, so we see you to police chief Anthony Campo and the many, many people like him. Um, fuck you, man. Black Lives Matter. Blue Lives Matter is a joke. Yeah. Blue Lives Matter not only is a joke, but it just doesn't make any damn sense because it's a profession. Yeah. <laughs> you choose it. <laughs> you choose it. I literally saw when I was driving recently a, a house that had a Trump sign, a Don't Tread on Me sign, and a Blonde Lives Matter flag. So, Uh-oh. So, so we see to that homeowner as yeah. well. Just thrown in <laughs> oh there. Oh, my God. Because the target, oh. as a blonde woman, I can speak to the targeting 
you know oh god it's so so hard so hard the systemic issues you face as a blonde woman oh my god you know Mm. oh my um someone in my family sent uh, a picture to the group thread thankfully i wasn't on it but it was certainly hard for her on my liberal parents um but you know because the rest of the family is super conservative um a fourth of july text was sent that was like "Ooh, look at my new outdoor shower and um but right above the outdoor shower was this giant blue lives matter flag and it was just like ew you know and it's the type of uh it's the type of text that is so just downright aggressive like because it's like obviously this isn't about your outdoor shower this is happy fourth of july blue lives matter mm-hmm. suck it <laughs> yeah oh like, being Wait. a bigger person is tough sometimes Ugh. God, I need to take a shower after hearing about that. I know. Ugh. Um, yeah, thoughts and prayers to everyone who had to deal with 4th of July texts from people. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, well, I just had, you know, based on what you were saying, I kind of wanted to, I'll pivot to my my police department, we see you. Um The LAPD over the 4th of July weekend confiscated someone's this guy's fireworks um, and they blew them up dangerously in a residential area that, and I don't know why I'm laughing. It's really awful. It injured 17 people and damaged homes. The only person that's going to jail is the guy that they confiscated the fireworks from, which is already just like a small um, misdemeanor charge. Um, They, the coverage, the news coverage, this is all coming from um, at Joshua Patash on uh, Twitter. Um, but the, the, co- the coverage is bad. Um, a lot of different new- news outlets like CBS LA um, said things like um, agents of the ATF charged 27 year old Arturo Seja um, uh, with tons of illegal fireworks and, um, that led to a botched detonation that injured 17 people. Um, He was charged with illegally transporting explosives without a license. It's like he managed not to detonate them, you know, and he like, I'm not saying, I mean, again, like I think that the whole fireworks issue is so weird and problematic because it like is different within States. And I think it's even different within counties, like LA County, you can't have fireworks, but you can in different areas in North in like in, in California, I'm pretty sure, but regardless, it's definitely a state by state thing. Um, but this guy had a lot of fireworks that he was transporting without a license. Um, but he didn't detonate them. He, they were safe when they were with him and the, the police took them and somehow botched the, uh, detonation. Um, and, Adam Johnson on Twitter is sort of keeps pointing out um, the coverage from CBS and Fox and NBC really like widespread the way that they're talking about this. Like NBC LA said South LA man linked to massive fireworks blast. Um, It's like linked to, I mean, he didn't, 
they the cops this happened when the fireworks were with the cops in police custody and oh they God. blew up like i mean it like and there are videos of this of all these fireworks or like this huge detonation in the middle of a residential street 17 people injured and and home homes damaged um fox uh, says uh, they talked about Arturo and named him as, quote, the man suspected in the explosion that rocked a South L.A. neighborhood. Um, and he this guy, Arturo, was arrested um, and booked like before the L.A. PD's detonation. So he wasn't around. You know, it is the responsibility of the police to dispose if they're going to confiscate fireworks to dispose of them the right way but they're trying to in the press completely like um absent abscond responsibility for their role in blowing up this bot in this botched detonation blowing up a bunch of fireworks in a residential neighborhood um and yeah, I don't know. I just kind of read through it with disgust because I just thought like, this is, this is a problem with like a lot of different police departments is like, oops, you made a mistake, made a whoopsie. You actually like, oops, blew up a whole lot of fucking fireworks and you're going to blame the guy who you just, you took them from, but you blew them up. Like he was in jail already. So he was in jail with a, the misdemeanor of illegally transporting fireworks without a license. Like there have been worse things in the world, but this is not his responsibility. He did not blow them up. I, it's just, I don't know why this one got me. It was just kind of like, I think maybe it was the way that the news um, sort of jumped on the bandwagon and was like linked to the bomb, you know, the, the blow up in LA and like botched detonation by this man. It was just, it's so, you know, we're trying to, when you read the headlines, you're really hoping that you're going to get at least like some semblance of what happened. And it's frustrating when it's not even close. It's like, no, this was the police. This was the police. The, the detonation happened because the police fucked this up. Um, this the man who had the fireworks, he was arrested hours before, and the police irresponsibly fucked up this transport of fireworks in a residential neighborhood. Um, that's the story. They the police should be responsible for whatever happens, like the homeowner damage, uh, medical bills for people who are injured in the area in this residential area. It should be the police that are responsible for this. Um, I, this man, you know, I think that they uh, arrest. You know, I, anyway, it's don't have fireworks when you're illegal, like you dingus. Like that's dumb. But this is another situation I think where it frustrates me reading and it feels like the police have already like this whole narrative with the assistance of NBC and Fox and CBS news, like the, they are not responsible for something that was clearly their responsibility anyway. So LAPD in this instance, and also like all of the news outlets covering it locally, we see you. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> Just, uh, I feel like, yeah, fire. Oh God, fireworks. Silly. All right. <laughs> Silliness. 
um, Kaiser Permanente, who happens to be my insurance. Uh, mm. And I've got my own bones to pick with them. Uh, but they have a real fucked up policy around medication for postpartum depression, at least in California. Hopefully not in Washington. We'll see what happens. Um, a There's a new treatment called um, Brex- Brexanolone. Uh, it's the first and only drug approved by the FDA specifically to treat postpartum depression, which is found in at least one out of every uh, eight new mothers in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, so before this drug, they would use various antidepressants uh, to various levels of success. Um, and instead of targeting the serotonin system in the brain, like most of the antidepressants do, um, this drug replenishes a hormone metabolite that gets depleted after childbirth. And it's very interesting. Um, some doctors call this, um, hormone a, uh, nature's Valium because it helps regulate neurotransmitters that affect mood after giving birth, natural levels of estrogen, progesterone, and this hormone all plummet rapidly, which makes some women vulnerable to postpartum depression. Um, Brexanolone is a synthetic version of this hormone and it's administered via IV, uh, not via pill form like these antidepressants, which some women can't tolerate. Basically, you're hooked up to this IV for uh, over the course, not constantly, but over the course of a few days. And it's shown a lot of success relieving symptoms in 75% of women in clinical trials after their first dose. Mm. So it's got a lot of promise. Um, It's, like I said, the only FDA-approved treatment for postpartum depression. Seems like a no-brainer to let women have it. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) However, (laughs) uh, with uh, Kaiser Permanente, if you want to be prescribed this medication, you first have to fail treatment with four other antidepressants and electroconvulsive therapy what and you have to be six months postpartum or less so you have to have (gasps) failed four round four different antidepressants oh my god you have to have failed electroconvulsive therapy which is not the first line of treatment for postpartum depression that is extreme um and they did an analysis uh, npr did of guidelines from a dozen health plans and it showed that three of them did require women to fail treatment with one medication before trying uh, Brixan alone. And one plan required two fails. The rest didn't require any. Yeah. Um, but Kaiser is the only system that says women have to first fail for antidepressant treatments as well as ECT. What? It's I know. I was like, great. Love, love this insurance of mine. What a nice uh, journey. <laughs> what a journey. What a beautiful, blessed journey. Um, <laughs> uh, a psychiatrist who's... Her name is Shannon Clark. She's been administering uh, Brexanolone at UC Davis Medical Center for the last two years. Um, And she says she's seen great success with it. Um, And she says there's a lot of reasons new moms might not even be candidates for one of these medications, let alone four. Uh, Taking pills while breastfeeding could be too anxiety provoking. Some women may not be able to adhere to a daily pill regimen. Some may have conditions that contraindicate those medications. She's called Kaiser's guidance terrible and insane. (laughs) And it might also be illegal, according to NPR, under a California state law that just went into place in January. Health plans must conform to generally accepted standards of care, including scientific literature and expert consensus when making decisions about mental health treatment. So when you have a drug that is the only FDA approved drug for something and you're requiring great lengths (laughs) to um, avoid giving it to them, likely because it is more expensive at this point because it's an IV treatment and it's relatively new. It's more expensive for the insurance company. Um, 
basically, I mean, it's so prohibitive who to even be able to, to get diagnosed and to get treated with four rounds of antidepressants, which means like you're not just going to be on it for a day and they say it doesn't work. The amount of time would vary. Right. But to get treated and fail four different antidepressant uh, regimens plus ECT in under six months. Like, I wonder how many women that could even theoretically apply to, assuming they qualify for these other antidepressants. It's so evil, (laughs) like just so blatantly evil to deny women um, a treatment that works um, likely because it, you know, impacts the bottom line. So we see you to Kaiser. This is like very, very, very blatantly wildly fucked up. And I read this on NPR and was like, excuse me. Yeah. It's so, so very not subtle. So hopefully um, that will change and there'll be some public pressure, but yeah, damn, you know, damn. that's, yeah, that's really awful. I don't even know where to begin. It's like, okay, another way that we don't support women, you know, especially after, you know, after having children, it's just like in that vulnerable state, like, right. It's like the, the toll of four different antidepressant treatments that aren't working and ECT could make you worse than your fucking baseline. Right. Um, An untreated or poorly treated postpartum depression can lead you to postpartum psychosis. And that's when, you read those story awful stories about women like killing themselves or drowning their kids and Ugh. um but you know guys are permanente <laughs> motherfuckers god I can't literally for me because i'm under 35 to get any i couldn't i didn't qualify for a single screening wow. um, outside of like an ultrasound at like nine weeks but like none of the blood tests um not it would have been like three thousand dollars out of pocket for a single blood test wow um, very low risk like all right kaiser wow Ugh, not even that's... like a specific type of ultrasound to check for things like now you gotta wait till you're 20 21 weeks wow okay kaiser that's so, so fucked up yeah kaiser permanent day they act like they're all like evidence-based and like you know but they're kind of shitty yeah it sounds like it yeah anyway we see you Ugh, we see you, Kaiser Permanente. Um, next up is Frito Lay. Um, the workers in Topeka, Kansas, are striking. Um, they've been on strike since Monday um, because of forced overtime, low pay, and like basically no raises. Um, it looks like uh, anecdotally they are getting something like seventy-seven cents as an increase over the last twelve years people who have been working there for that long. Um, So yeah, it's been, um, it seems ridiculous. They're working 12 hour days, seven days a week, um, having like even longer than that sometimes with quote unquote push weeks um, because of these labor issues. And Frito-Lay has said like, oh, we have labor issues and people don't want to work. And so we're out of this, you know, these different Frito-Lay products. But it's really like, um, it really seems like, you shouldn't be allowed to succeed if you're treating your workers this badly and you can't get people to work. That means that your business isn't working, you know, Mm -hmm. just if we're going from a purely capitalist perspective. But, you know, so there are over 600 people um, at this Frito-Lay factory in Kansas on strike, um, hoping for better working conditions. Um, So I am hoping that they get that. Um, If you, you know, want to support these workers, maybe, uh, 
eat chips that aren't aren't Frito-Lay. Um, and uh, yeah, I, it's just um, <sighs> disappointing, gross. I mean, 73 hour work weeks, uh, not going, get coming home to see fam, being able to see your family, not getting paid a, a living wage, um, just all awful, awful stuff. So we see you Frito-Lay. We see you. It's yeah. I'm hoping that there'll be some actual like wage competition and, you know, yeah. And this next post pandemic world I'm hoping. chapter, because yeah. I think the cost of living has gone up a little bit more than that. Uh, oh, I, think I don't so. know. I'm not an economist, but, uh, <laughs> all right. My last DC was I just, I, it's not the worst, you know, most egregious thing in the world, but it's just, uh, I, okay. Sutton Strack, who's on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Sutton. Sutton, um, who you might remember from when I complained about her, I think two other times, um, because mm-hmm. of her, like, I don't see color and her, like, what about discrimination against white Southern women word vomit? Like she would ha- wear like a Blonde Lives Matter hat and be like, right. I'm a friend to all races. I just, <laughs> a hang. she didn't do that. She doesn't have that hat to my knowledge. I'm just, <clears throat> Would we be just know she would. Yeah. She would. Or like yeah. drunk wives matter, you know, like that kind of yeah, vibe. problematic. So she continues to victimize herself in cringy ways. And the most recent incident stemmed from a lady's trip to Lake Tahoe. Oh, no. Um, I know. So she walked in. So it's actually the the woman who this happened with is the, the woman of color who she was talking Insulting about. Like, I don't see color. <laughs> yeah. She walked into Ugh. her room to deliver her coat to her to be nice, to give her her coat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the woman who was in the room, Crystal, she was naked. Um, and Sutton was just like, what are you doing in here? In this like weird accusatory manner. She lingered. She left. Um, and then Crystal said she felt violated by the exchange and she would have preferred Sutton knock loudly and wait for her to say like, oh, come in, you know, before just like yeah. waltzing in. Yeah. Um, and she was just, you know, she said she felt her privacy was violated and she even clarified mm-hmm. I'm not sexually violated because Sutton was like violated that's a big word and she's like no I just Ugh. felt like look up the definition of violated like I, my privacy was violated you know you didn't confirm I heard you before you came in I was naked I felt really vulnerable like yeah and just you know and it could have ended there Sutton could have just been like I'm sorry I could see that like I should have yeah. thought about it right I was just awkward in the moment whatever the end it could have been over right no Sutton goes on and on like multi-episode arc um by saying it was inappropriate to use the word violate that she needed an apology um victimizing herself exactly just going on and on when she could have and like literally crystal was like let's just end this like let's just stop talking about it what and then Sutton's like good let's stop and then like the next episode she's like I just just don't feel like it's right that you said I violated you like you need to take that word back Crystal's like I'm not gonna take the word back like I felt like my privacy was violated like we've been like and Sutton just getting into a tizzy and just bringing it up again and again and again because she can never be wrong she always has to be the victim if anything goes wrong it's never her fault and it's just like I feel like we all know those people and she's so she's just like that typical like kind of Karen vibe of no offense to Karen's Mm. um of somebody who's just so so like selfish and so oblivious you know just Mm -hmm. like this isn't this isn't about you just apologize and move on it didn't have to be a big thing and now you're upset and it's a big thing because you made it a big thing could have just been like I'm sorry I should have clarified that you were you know 
yeah. dressed before I w- came into your hotel room, you know, right? Uh, like didn't have to be a big deal. No, wouldn't have been a big deal. Me. But she made it a big deal by making herself a victim like she always fucking does. I cannot deal with Sutton Strack. We see you, Sutton. Ugh, do better. See you. Sutton, do better. Ugh. Oh my gosh. Ugh. All right. This is the last one is so depressing to me. Um, a Texas man who, a 62-year-old named um, Hervis Rogers, um, he waited hours to cast votes in the 2020 election in Texas. And he um, was arrested on charges of illegal voting because uh, he was ineligible to cast a ballot in the presidential primary because he was still on parole, um, according to Ken Paxton, the asshole state attorney general. And so this guy faces four decades in prison for that violation. Oh, my God. He waited hours to cast a vote. He obviously didn't know. You know, it wasn't clear. Um, and yeah, so, so, um, and Ken Paxton is, uh, pursuing this aggressively, um, saying like, I, you know, I forget exactly what his quote is, but it's like, yeah, we want to crack down on voter fraud. Um, but yeah, he's facing upward of 40 years in prison, 20 years for each charge, which is just, I guess he voted in the presidential primary and then in the election. Um, Ken Paxton, by the way, the attorney general, is under investigation for professional misconduct after uh, he challenged Biden's win in court. And um, so, you know, he he just he is super into these voter fraud cases because uh, this is what Trump wants him to do. This is like the whole narrative of the GOP. But as has been proven over and over, voter fraud cases are very, very rare in the U.S. And they're usually minor mistakes. They're, it's inadvertent. It's not malicious. And it also is um, often, often, at least in the last like four or five years, the cases of voter fraud um, have been Republicans. Uh, So, and um, Ken Paxton, the jerk wrote, Hervis is a felon rightly barred from voting under Texas law. Um, He said this on Twitter. I prosecute voter fraud everywhere I find it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. says the man who's also under investigation himself. Um, So yeah, this also, and the New York Times pointed this out, and I think we had this as a we see you a long time ago, but um, it's reminiscent of a 2017 case of um, a woman who was sentenced to five years in prison for casting a provisional ballot in 2016 when she was on supervised release for a federal tax fraud felony. Um, The provisional ballot wasn't even counted, um, but yeah, five years in in prison. Um, and, uh, And I think like, yeah, it's just... This whole situation, I mean, Texas continues to be just on the cutting edge of being one of the worst, most pernicious, awful states in terms of um, voter suppression and women's rights and just everything. They've really just they're hell bent on making their state like the least hospitable. Um, So it's just um, it it makes me really sad. I'm really hoping that... um, that he's not, doesn't have to start, serve any time for this. I mean, it's really um, just an over-criminalizing, this over-criminalizing of, of the court system, uh, especially in Texas. Um, and um, I just want to pay attention to this case. And I don't think anyone who, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, law and order when it applies to, you know, the guy who cast a, 
ballot, waited for hours in line to cast a ballot in the primary when he was on parole, um, getting slapped with 40 years for that from the Texas attorney general who is under investigation himself for unethical, illegal behavior um, is just a lot to swallow. Um, But yeah, so to attorney general Ken Paxton and just Texas in general, um, we see you. God, we fucking see you. Um, That's disgusting. We didn't talk about a good thing, but um, one one good thing is that giant pandas are no longer endangered after decades of efforts. Oh, I didn't I don't think I saw yeah, that. Wow. I, I saw and like of course, you know, there are <laughs> there are awful things happening at every corner, but um <laughs> it feels, you know, after all the animals we've wiped out, <laughs> the ecosystems, the habitats we've destroyed, um it's nice to see a win for the giant pandas and all this, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we we love a we love a giant panda i i mean they've been endangered our whole lives i never thought yeah. i never thought they'd get out of it man but we've we've done it at least we still need to be mindful we've done it. <laughs> you know we still need to be mindful uh but as of now giant pandas they're not endangered anymore so that's cool great. yeah i it, it pleased me it pleased me greatly to see this about the giant pans oh i love it um, well, that's great. Yeah. The, we see you that I had screenshotted and like miraculously found. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, was the 14 year old Zalia avant-garde who won the 2021 script spelling bee. Yes. Mariah. Uh, yes. I was so happy to see that too. Yeah. Just like what a cutie and just, yeah, I will take any good piece of video like uplifting video content making its way through my Twitter feed basically. So, yeah. yeah. First first black girl to win the script spelling bee ever. Yes, yes. Right. Yeah. So woo. Yay. Thanks. Giant pandas, spelling bees. Ah, uh, excellent. Well <laughs> on that note. <laughs> Feminist Without Mystique is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts.